Jesus' amazing name, we have worshipped. Um, welcome, welcome to Thrive. This is chapter 11 of our study, our journey through the book of Hebrews. And before we go further, let's just bow our heads down to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the privilege of being together in your presence this evening. We thank you for the privilege of being alive in the first place. Thank you because we've come to dig deeper into your word. We know your word is life. We know your word is alive. We know your word gives life. We know that your word is able to rightly divide. So Lord, we open ourselves to the, to the work of the word of God in our lives this evening in the mighty name of Jesus. That as the word goes, as we hear the word, it comes alive in us. And it begins to walk out an atmosphere of miracles in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we've prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So as I was saying, I welcome everyone to chapter 11 in our journey to study the truth that was taught to Hebrews. You know, it's been a deeply revealing journey with scripture, compelling arguments and facts. Apollos was able to prove the superiority of Jesus, the role of Christ in salvation, the superiority of Jesus over Moses, the rest we have in God, that Jesus is our perfect high priest. You know, um, he warned us against being reprobate in, in chapter six. In chapter seven, it was about Melchizedek and the priesthood being like that of Jesus. In eight, um, he taught us about the superiority of the new covenant. In nine, there was a comparison between the old and new testament and advantages of the new. In ten, you know, it was focused on Christ once and for all sacrifice. At the end of ten, Apollos begins to talk to us about faith, and he launches fully into faith in chapter eleven. And I think that there's a reason why faith is in chapter eleven and not chapter one. And by the grace of God, by the end of today's session, we'll be able to um, answer that question. You know, as we as we want to go now into reading the scripture, I want to take our time to welcome a special set of people, those who are joining Thrive for the very first time. We welcome you. We love you. Thank you so much for taking time to join um, join us. And if you're in the chat room, just you know, just wave. And so that we can love you and you know welcome you warmly to everybody else who has been you know with God's favorite house since and who has been on this journey of um, Hebrews. Welcome. Now we're in part eleven. So let's go into the scripture. I'll be reading today from um, the Passion Translation. Hebrews eleven is a forty-verse chapter. So strap on your seatbelt and let's go into this journey together. The Bible says that now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. 
It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commanded for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer God than his brother Cain. And God declared him righteous because of his offering of faith. By this faith, Abel still speaks instruction to us today, even though he is long dead. Faith translated Enoch from his life and he was taken up into heaven. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from this world because God promoted him. For before he was translated to the heavenly realm, his life had become a pleasure to God. And now, and without faith living within us, it will be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming. Even things that he had never that had never been seen, but he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark that will save him and his family. By his faith, the world was condemned, but Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing. Faith motivated Abraham to obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. So he left with only a promise and without even knowing ahead of time where he was going, Abraham stepped out in faith. He lived by faith as an immigrant in this promised land as though it belonged to someone else. He journeyed through the land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, who were persuaded that they were also co-heirs of the same promise. His eyes of faith were set on the city with unshakable foundation whose architect and builder is God himself. Sarah's faith embraced miracle power to conceive even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing for the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise and she tapped into his faithfulness. In fact, so many children were subsequently fathered by this aged man of faith, one who was as good as dead, that he now has offsprings as innumerable as the sand on the seashore and as the stars in the sky. These heroes all died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that had been promised them. But they saw beyond the horizon, the fulfillment of their promises and gladly embraced it from afar. They lived all their lives on earth as, th as those who belong to another realm, for clearly, those who live this way are longing for the appearing of the heavenly city. And in their hearts, we're still remembering that what they left behind, and if their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would have found an opportunity to go back. But they couldn't turn back for their hearts were fixed on what was greater, that is the heavenly realm. So because of this God, because of this, God is not ashamed in any way to be called their God, for he has prepared a heavenly city for them. Faith operated powerfully in Abraham, 
For when he was put to test, he offered up Isaac. Even though he received God's promises of descendants, he was willing to offer up his only son. For God had promised, through your son Isaac, your lineage will carry your name. Abraham's faith made it logical to him that God could raise Isaac from the dead. And symbolically, that's exactly what happened. The power of faith prompted Isaac to impart a blessing to his sons, Jacob and Esau, concerning their prophetic destinies. Jacob worshipped in faith's reality at the end of his life, and leaning upon his staff, he imparted a prophetic blessing upon each of Joseph's sons. Faith inspired Joseph and opened his eyes to see into the future. For as he was dying, he prophesied about the exodus of Israel out of Egypt and gave instructions that his bones were to be taken from Egypt with them. Faith prompted the parents of Moses at his birth to hide him for three months because they realized their child was exceptional and they refused to be afraid of the king's edict. Faith enabled Moses to choose God's will. For although he was raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he refused to make that his identity, choosing instead to suffer mistreatment with the people of God. Moses preferred faith's certainty above the momentary enjoyment of sin's pleasures. He found his true wealth in suffering abuse for being anointed more than in anything the world could offer him for his eyes looked with wonder, not on the immediate, but on the ultimate faith's great reward. Holding faith's promise, Moses abandoned Egypt and had no fear of Pharaoh's rage because he persisted in faith as if he had seen God who is unseen. Faith stared Moses to perform the rite of Passover and sprinkle lamb's blood to prevent the destroyer from harming their firstborn. Faith opened the way for the Hebrews to cross the Red Sea as if on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to cross, they were swallowed up and drowned. Faith pulled down Jericho's walls after the people marched around them for seven days. Faith provided a way of escape for Rahab the prostitute, avoiding the destruction of the unbelievers because she received the Hebrew spies in peace. And what more could I say to convince you? For there is not enough time to tell you of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Through faith's power, they conquered kingdoms and established through justice. Their faith fastened onto their promises and pulled them into reality. It was faith that shut the mouth of lions, that put out the power of a raging fire, that caused many to escape sudden death by the sword. Although weak, their faith imparted power to make them strong. Faith sparked courage within them and they became mighty warriors in battle, pulling armies from another realm into battle array. Faith filled women who saw their dead children raised in resurrection power. Yet it was faith that enabled others to endure great atrocities. They were stretched out on the wheel and tortured and didn't deny their faith in order to be freed because they longed for a more honorable and glorious resurrection. Others were mocked and experienced the most severe beating with whips. They were in chains and imprisoned. 
Some of these faith champions were brutally killed by stoning, being sawn into two. Praise the Lord. So I'll go back to Abraham. Faith operated powerfully in Abraham, for when he was put to the test, he offered up Isaac. Even though he received God's promises of descendants, he was willing to offer up his only son. For God had promised, through your son Isaac, your lineage will carry on your name. Abraham's faith made it logical to him that God will raise Isaac from the dead, and symbolically, that is what happened. The power of faith prompted Isaac to impart a blessing to his sons, Jacob and Esau, concerning their prophetic destinies. Jacob worshipped in faith's reality at the end of his life, and leaning upon his staff, he imparted a prophetic blessing upon each of Joseph's sons. Faith inspired Joseph, and he opened his eyes to see into the future. For as he was dying, he prophesied about the exodus of Israel out of Egypt and gave instructions that his bones were to be taken from Egypt with them. Faith prompted the parents of Moses at his birth to hide him for three months because they realized their child was exceptional and they refused to be afraid of the king's edict. Faith enabled Moses to choose God's will. For although he was raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he refused to make that his identity, choosing instead to suffer mistreatment with the people of God. Moses preferred faith certainty above the momentary enjoyment of sin's pleasure. He found his true wealth in suffering abuse for being anointed more in anything, more than in anything the world could offer him. For his eyes looked with wonder, not unto the immediate, but on the ultimate faith greatest reward. Holding faith's promise, Moses abandoned Egypt and had no fear of Pharaoh's rage because he persisted in faith as if he had seen God who is unseen. Faith stared Moses to perform the rite of Passover and sprinkle lamb's blood to prevent the destroyer from harming the firstborn. Faith opened the way for the Hebrews to cross the Red Sea as if on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to cross, they were swallowed up and drowned. Faith pulled down Jericho's walls after the people marched around them for seven days. Faith provided a way of escape for Rahab the prostitute, avoiding the destruction of unbelievers because she received the Hebrews' spies in peace. What more could I say to convince you? For there's not enough time to tell you of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Through faith's power, they conquered kingdoms and established through justice. Their faith fastened onto their promises and pulled them into reality. It was faith that shut the mouth of lions, that put, the power, put out the power of raging fire, that caused many to escape certain death by the sword. Although weak, their faith imparted power to make them strong. Faith sparked courage within them, and they became mighty warriors in battle, pulling armies from another realm into battle array. Faith filled women saw their dead children raised in resurrection power. Yet it was faith that enabled others endure great atrocities. They were stretched out on the wheel and tortured, and they didn't deny their faith in order to be freed. Because they longed for a more honorable and glorious resurrection, others were mocked and experienced the most severe beating with whips. They were in chains and imprisoned. Some of these faith champions were brutally killed by stoning, being sawn in two or slaughtered by the sword. They lived in faith as they went about their 
went about wearing goat skins and sheepskins for clothing. They lost everything they possessed. They endured great afflictions and they were cruelly mistreated. They wandered the earth in the desert wilderness, in caves, on barren mountains, and in holes of the earth. Truly, the world was not even worthy of them, not realizing who they were. These were the true heroes, commended for their faith, yet they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what was promised them. But now God has invited us to live in something better than what they had, faith's fullness. This is so that we, they could be brought to finish perfection alongside us. And that is the word of the Lord from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 40 in the in, um, TPT version. May God bless the hearing, the reading and the hearing of his word in the mighty name of Jesus. Again, sincere apologies for the technical difficulties. And we're going to try our best to land this on time. Um, talking about everything that has been planned in Jesus' name. The truth is these 40 chapters are so rich that they can be approached in many directions, you know, and it's a blessing to have access to the word of God, to be able to let it come alive within us. And I pray that um, as we listen to the word of God today, as we've heard these verses, God has completed what he wants to do, that he himself begins to make these words come to life you know, without missing anything, despite the time we have lost. If we start from um, verse four, because verse one, two, three is um, straightforward. It just defines what faith is. It defines, maybe I should read it. It talks about faith being the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. It, and, and, and it says that faith brings our hope to reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we want. When we get to verse four, I would like to talk about Abel from verse four. Basically, what we're going to try and do with the rest of our time is to use the examples that we have seen, because these 40 verses are full of examples of faith. It is showing us that even if we think faith is a huge, unattainable um, concept, by breaking it down and showing how people with like passions like us were able to achieve faith and faith from the different facets of faith, we can look at faith and say, actually, we can do this. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So let's look at the example of Abel the faith he exposed, the facet of faith he, he, he showed us as an example and what we can learn from that. In um, verse four, we see that faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer God than his brother Cain, and that God declared him righteous because of his offering of faith. Faith motivates action. It impacts the way we think and the choices we make. It is clear from this scripture that because Abel had faith. He was able to interact, interact with God differently when he came to giving. He saw the opportunity to give totally different from how Cain saw it. Abel for sure knew that there was a God and he knew that this God could prosper him. He knew that his work wasn't the reason for the result he was getting. So he knew that there was someone that was higher in the heavens that was bringing that increase to him. It was therefore not difficult for him because of what he knew and what he believed to, even though he hadn't seen that God, for him to take the, the an acceptable offering from what God had given him and give it back to God. 
That was the difference between Cain and Abel, what they believed, what they had faith in. Abel knew that his prosperity wasn't going to come from what God had, what, you know, what he had. After all, it was God that gave it to him in the first place. But his prosperity was going to come from God and therefore he honored God. So let's bring this home to ourselves. Do I, I'm asking myself this question. Please ask yourself the same question. Do I give an acceptable offering? Does my offering show my faith? Do I cheat myself? Because you're cheating yourself. I'm cheating myself while paying my tithes by, you know, shortchanging myself, not God. Your answer, my answer, is a thermometer of your faith if we believe what the Bible says in verse two, four, 4. Because what he did, Abel did to demonstrate faith, was to honor God with an acceptable sacrifice. Giving and offering your sight, your governors of wealth, um, all, your, all your offerings, all types of seed offerings, and your first fruit is honoring God. You cannot honor a God you do not believe exists. Um, and just before we, we leave this point, um, I just want to underscore the fact that it is the same faith that we use to apportion what we believe be belongs to God. It is that same faith that we use to receive from God. What am I saying? It is easier for someone who at the very beginning of the year takes their whole month's wages and gives it to God because he believes that God exists. It is easier for that person to receive from God because it's the very same faith. If your faith is large in giving, your faith will be large in receiving. Therefore, you are more um, predisposed to receiving from God than anybody else. That's just what I believe. Um, and God will bless us as, as we begin to reflect upon the way we give, the way we interact with God in the place of giving and what that means about our faith. In summary, faith usually goes along with action. Without action, faith is essentially ineffective. And we see that in James 2.17, unless it produces good deeds, faith itself isn't enough. It is dead and is useless. Quickly, we move to verse five and we see the story of Enoch. Faith translated Enoch from this life and he was taken into heaven. We see here what this, what this teaches us, what we learn from the life of Enoch is that there's only one way to please God. And that way is to simply believe that he exists and that he rewards those that diligently seek him. Faith rewards, faith promotes. I know that it's difficult for most of us to see disappearing into heaven as some form of reward or some form of promotion. I'm sure a lot of people that are listening today are going, mm -mm, that's not the kind of promotion I want. But you have to see it from the context of what it was. God was so tripped, so enamored by this guy called Enoch that he was one of the two people who didn't see death. He just simply took him away. And that, if that is not a promotion, I don't know what else is a promotion. But it just shows you that God will do the seemingly impossible what he has never done before when you have the faith and faith here is expressed as believing that he is and believing that he rewards those that diligently seek him from verse 7 we learn that faith is what opens your heart to be able to receive revelations from god and gives you the impetus to take action based on that obedience 
let's let is the story of Noah. So let's just take a step back and and see in the first place why Noah. Why was Noah chosen? What made Noah different from everybody else that was in, in the world at that time? Yes. Um, in Genesis six, we see a corrupt people that our God regretted creating. In contrast, we see a Noah that found favor in the eyes of God. Verse eight of Genesis six. Because he was righteous, blameless, and walked faithfully with God. It is impossible to be God's friend without having faith in him and walking faithfully. Once you get to that level, it then becomes impossible for God to take certain actions without revealing them to you first. Abraham is another fantastic example of this. Can you imagine, can you imagine the trust Noah must have had in God? To believe that something that had never been created called rain would, would, would happen, somehow happen. And that the instructions he had been given to build some contraption he had never seen before will somehow stand and not collapse. And that somehow, because he put himself, the animals and the people that followed him, if they, if they followed him, they didn't. But somehow, if he put everybody inside that ark, they would be saved. Can you imagine the kind of guts it would take to follow those instructions? You know, it's, it's to us right now, to me, I'm even thinking about the enormity of being the only one standing against the whole world. But that is what our faith requests of us. What God is asking you and I to do is probably not even as difficult as that. You know, it might, yours might just be join the workforce. And, and your response is, I, I'm too shy. I, I, I stutter. Um, I'm going to stand in front of the whole church as an usher. You know, that is just so uncomfortable. It might just be, oh, change your profession because I want you to glorify me. And we're struggling to deal with that. When that happens, um, today I just want to rem remind us to remember Noah, remember the ark, and remember the flood. I'm going to take a pause here and just remind us to please send in our questions you know please just think of you know once you hear something crosses your mind send in questions and by the grace of god we'll have time to deal with that at the end of the session now we're in verses eight to seven eight to seventeen we're going to move a little bit faster now to make up for time and eight to seventeen is really talking about abraham and sarah and how they made it onto the hall of fame you know it is the faith it is faith that will make you believe in a God that you've never heard, you've never seen before. And that belief that you have in that God will make you move from your comfort zone into a land where you've never seen. Remember, they didn't have maps. He didn't even know where the land was. He didn't even know where the, what the people that will be on that land will be like. He'd never met them before. It's faith that makes you emigrate and just get up and go. Because some God that you've never heard of, that you've never seen before, has told you to, to say so. I know that um, possibly for many people that are on the online right now, and we thank the Lord for you, they're probably thinking, ah, that's not a big deal now. That's because you're thinking of Nigeria and Canada. And you're saying, ah, <laughs> the way Nigeria is right now, God, say to me, move. And before you even finish that statement, I have moved. But I want to remind you that Abraham didn't live in Nigeria of now. He did, and where he was moving to wasn't the Canada that we think it is. 
He was living the unknown to the unknown. He wasn't suffering. He wasn't going through a difficult time. He just believed that there was a place that God was taking him to. In this, in this scripture, um, in, it's in verse 10 of Hebrews 11. It says that they were confident. It was confidently, all of them were confidently looking forward to a city built by God himself. So this wasn't because they wanted a better, posh, more interesting, cushier life. He was living to a people he did not know, living his own people based on obedience. Faith is what makes you obey like that, something that is that drastic. So what is the application to you and I? We need to look into our lives and think of the many things God is asking us to do that is moving out, moving us out of our comfort zone. Something that, you know, God is telling some of us to, to do things that when your family members, let's not even talk about world people, when the people that really love you here, they're going to check to see if you are mad or not. They're going to ask you that, are you serious? You know, shape on shape, we're messing. Um, translated, that means that I, hopefully you have not become a, a fanatic. But you know that is God telling you to do so. Remember, you are in good company. Abraham left what he knew for what he didn't know because of faith. Another example of faith is going ahead without a plan B. We see this in verses 17 to 19. We see what could have been a conflict be be that, between a promise that God had given to Abraham as well as you know, an instruction that he gave him later. It was the same God that said, through Isaac, will I give to you an innumerable people. That same God in Abraham's lifetime now says to him that he should go and sacrifice that same son. But we know this story. We've, we've been taught this story. There's no value I can, I can possibly add to this story that Papi hasn't taught us. But the only thing I'll say here is that Abraham would have been if it was somebody else, would have been confused because it was God that said A and it was God that came back and said B. But instead of being confused, what Abraham believed was that even if Isaac somehow died on that altar, the God that gave him the promise would wake him up. So he went to that altar without a plan B. Even though he had never seen God raised from the dead before. So this is the same kind of fire we see in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That, it, it, it's almost as if the message their life is telling us is that I do not have to look out for myself or have a plan B when I'm dealing with God. He will take care of me more than I can even take care of myself. And if it doesn't, so be it. That kind of faith is is we have to look at the application in our lives, situations that it seems as if it's a conflict. For us, it might be the Abraham kind of God said this, and then God said this. In a, for, for some other people, it could be the Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego kind of example. Whatever scenario you find yourself, you have to remember that from this hall of famers, we have learned that faith is going ahead to, to um, obey an instruction without plan B. Everywhere we look in, in this book, there's so many examples, but we'll, we'll, we'll just skip now to verses 25 to 29 so that we can, we can finish on time. In verses 25 to 29, um, there are three to four ways Moses demonstrated faith. But, but let's highlight verse 26 
the, you know, where the Bible describes that he chose to suffer for the Christ, for the sake of Christ, rather than own the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking forward to a great reward. Moses could have chosen to continue living like a prince. He could have continued enjoying the flex that came with living as a prince. He was living in the household of the greatest king of that time. But he left it all because of faith, because faith prompted him to action. Now, just before you say to me that I don't live in Pharaoh's house and I don't have that Pharaoh's house kind of um, decision to make, I, I actually think you do. I think all of us do. And it shows up in different ways. When we choose to suffer for Christ instead of enjoying the flex. So let's give examples, practical examples. You're in business and you have this opportunity to win this, I don't know, contract or you're looking for a job and you get this job offer that is can only be described as a jaw-dropping miracle if it happens. But you get there and they're, and they're saying to you that, oh, uh, you have to give a bribe or you have to take a bribe something, whatever that scenario is. Walking away and not giving that bribe is taking, is exhibiting faith because of christ is exhibiting faith similar to what moses did by walking away from the luxury of being a prince just because he wanted to obey god it could also be you um, male or female who you've enjoyed a certain kind of lifestyle because um it's a shady lifestyle and there's free money and you've enjoyed you know flying first class going to other many places in the world, your rent is paid for, you wear, you wear the most expensive clothes, you drive the most expensive cars, and you have to give it up all for Christ. Because you have faith, that is a Pharaoh's house kind of decision. And those decisions are in front of us every day. Now, how you respond to that and the choice you make is a thermometer of faith or lack of faith. Let's move forward. Faith is not easy and is definitely risky. In verse 29, what if the Dead Sea, the dry Dead Sea, what if it was just a mirage and they started walking in and it covered, it covered them like did the Egyptians? What if? They didn't know. They had to have faith. They had to move forward. What if in verse 30, after a seven, that seven-day march, the walls of Jericho did not fall down. Can you imagine the premium um, battle they would have suffering, the Israelites would have you know, gone through if God didn't respond that way? What if they didn't have an assurance, they got an instruction and they had faith in the person of who gave that instruction? What if Rahab had been jabbered by the spies? What if the spies had forgotten her? she would have died with the rest of the unbelievers. She had no assurance that it would happen, but she had faith and she moved forward. So before um, we move into the rest of the scripture, I just want to note some things about faith from other scriptures that we should consider as we go on. The first is that faith is worth more than its weight in gold. A little faith achieves massive results. We can see this in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Please write it down. 
because um, Bible says truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Second thing we should consider as we move forward is that faith can and should grow. We see this in 2 Thessalonians 1, 1, 3. Bible says, we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Um, we also see another example in 2 Peter, where the Bible says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. The third point we want to make is that faith can and is tested. It can be tested and it is tested. James 1.3 tells us that because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The fourth point we should make here is that faith inspires bold action. But it cannot be gotten by bravado. It's not just by chesting out and saying it. That's not where faith comes from. But faith inspires bold action. It's the kind of bold action that we read in Matthew and we read again in Mark eleven twenty three 23, that you look at a mountain, you are not drunk, but you can say to that mountain, move, and that mountain moves. A bold action, but it's not by bravado. Um, the sixth is that under normal circumstances, sin should be evidence required to believe. But as believers, we live by faith and not by sight. That's what the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.17. So I guess for us as believers, it should change that saying to, to say faith in is believing because you don't see, you have no evidence of sight when it comes to faith. It is not what you have seen. It is in whom you trust. And it is what that person you trust has said. That is what you anchor your whole life on. It definitely is not seeing. So it is faith in, is believing. Um, number seven is that the most important things in life, salvation and righteousness, are impossible without faith. Eighth is that the faith is the, okay, faith determines if and what you get from God. You, it's actually a choice. How much you can get from God is dependent on how much faith you choose to have in God. And in the examples for that, we think of when Jesus was here, there were people that got what they didn't deserve from God just because they have faith. So example is the Syrophoenician woman in Matthew 15, verses 21 to 28. And yet there were people that did not get what they deserved because they lacked faith. And that example you, um, you see in Matthew 13, 58, where the scripture says some people did not get the miracles, you know, they just didn't have faith. Their faith was too little, so God couldn't heal them. So you choose the side you want to belong to. That is humbling. It's in your hands. The next point is that faith is the ingredient that transforms the impossible to the I am possible. 
We see this in Mark 9, 23. Everything is possible for one who believes. That's what the Bible say. Finally, before we go back to the message, faith is the reason why you that are listening and watching to me today will start fasting from this Monday. It is the reason why you would praise. You will pray during the day. You will pray at night during the vigils and you will get your miracles on and before May 22nd, May 2nd, 2021. Because scriptures tells us that if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So let's go back to reading our passage um, where I'll try and make one or two more points before opening up for questions. Um, hopefully Papi joins us and also asking you one question before we go ahead. So I go back to the scripture and, and I'll read because honestly, there's not much more to add to, to this than to read what the scripture says. The Bible says, and what more could I say to convince you? For there's not enough time to tell you of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Through faith's power, they conquered kingdoms and established through justice. Their faith fastened upon their promises and pulled them into reality. It was faith that shot the mouth of lions, put out the power of raging fire, and caused many to escape certain death by the sword. Although weak, their faith imparted power to make them strong. Faith sparked courage within them, and they became mighty warriors in battle, pulling armies from another realm into battle array. Faith-filled women saw their dead children raised in resurrection power. It was faith that enabled others to endure great atrocity. They were stretched out on the wheel and tortured and didn't deny their faith in order to be freed because they longed for a more honorable and glorious resurrection. Others were mocked and experienced the most sincere, severe beating with weeps. They were in chains and imprisoned. Some of these faith champions were brutally killed by stoning, being sawn in two or slaughtered by the sword. They lived in faith as they went about wearing goatskins and sheepskins for clothing. They lost everything they possessed. They endured great afflictions and they were cruelly mistreated. They wandered the earth, living in the desert wilderness, in caves, on barren mountains, and in holes of the earth. Truly, this world was not even worthy of them, not realizing who they were. These were the true heroes, commended for their faith, yet they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what was promised them. I'll stop so we can talk about verse 39. But before I go ahead, please, if you have any questions, I realize there's a lot we've talked about today. If you have any questions, please um, just type them in the chat box. The hosts are waiting to, to take your questions and ferry them here. Verse 39 is the second time in these 40 verses that the writer points out, Apollos points out the fact that all these amazing faith champions with everything that they did, at least most of them, they didn't even see what was promised to them. Yet they had faith. I think when Apollos was writing this, he was trying to challenge the Hebrews he was writing to, to say, look, these people didn't even see Jesus. They didn't see the Messiah, but they still did amazing things for him. Talk less of you, you that you've touched him. He has fed you. He has healed you. He has walked beside you. You have seen his miracles. 
your faith should be much more than the faith of the ones that have gone ahead of us. We'll stop at verse 40, which was, um, which is an amazing gift. We see that God has invited us, the Hebrews and those that came after them, the GF, GFHEMs, to live in something better than what the Hall of Famers had, faith's fullness. This is so that they can be brought to finish perfection outside, alongside us. It's as if God is speaking to you and I today and personally asking us to come up to higher ground. He's trying to say to us, Apollos, you know, under the instruction of God, is saying to us that we have a better deal. As amazing as the Hall of Famers were, we have a better deal because we have seen the fullness of God's faith. At least we've heard of him, we've heard of what he has said, and we believe, even though we haven't seen, we believe with all our heart that he is, is able to save and he has saved us, he is able to resurrect and he has resurrected us, he is able to heal us, he is able to do mighty things in our midst, and that we will be brought into perfection alongside this Hall of Famers. And I think that is such an awesome note. To, to rest this today's um, um, teaching on. Again, I, I would like to welcome all those that joined us in the middle of, of this 40 verses of Hebrews 11. Welcome to, welcome, welcome to um, our Thrive. If today's your very first time, welcome, we love you. Please indicate in the chat group so we can welcome you properly. And we invite you to our church on Sunday for our two worship experiences so that we can welcome you face to face and with the joy of the Lord. Um, if you have any questions, please put them out. I believe that um, Papi is here now. Papi, I'm excited to have you join us. Hello, Papi. Yes, I am. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi, sir. You know, this is like an elephant. You know, we, it, there's, there's too much to, to, to cut out of this. You don't even know where to start from. Do you start from the trunk? Do you start from the, from the legs? You know, but it's such a pleasure to have such a chunky scripture. You know, as, because I believe that as we hear it, God is working miracles in our life. And there's no better time to talk about faith than the week just before we start God to do it again service. So it's clearly, you know, divinely orchestrated by God because he wants to do stuff in us and he needs us to come on higher on the faith level for us to be able to get the fullness of what he's trying to do. So I'm just, you know, really grateful for God's favorite house. I'm grateful for Thrive. I'm grateful for this teaching. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be alive. And I'm thanking God in advance for what he's going to do you know, as we start engaging this God We Do It Again season, it's just awesome. Welcome, Papi. Thank you. Totally amazing. Totally amazing. I'm fired. I'm fired. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, I'm just looking forward to this season, you know. Um, I've been very restless, you know, just waiting for it to start, waiting for it to start, you know. But, hey, it's here upon us already. So It's there. Uh-huh. So okay, so I have a question for you. Um, a lot of the names on this Hall of Fame, I get it. I get why they're there. You know, it's clear why they made it there. But I see a name that I'm like, how did he get into this Hall of Fame? And it's a name Barak. Why? 
is he a Hall of Famer? Barack. Yes. Yeah, so, um, please hold on, son. Let me just let me just pull it out, pull it out from from scripture. Yes. So it is coming from the part where it says, "For there is not enough time to tell you of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets." And I, I'm just wondering. Okay. Okay. Samson, we get. Jephthah, yes. David, Samuel, and the prophets. I know that clearly for him to be there, God is deserving to be there. I'm not questioning that. Who am I? <laughs> what do I know? But it's just, it was just on, you know, I wouldn't have put him as a Hall of Famer, you know, if we think of where he was coming from. So. Hmm. So I think the issue is which Barack are you looking at? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> because as you ask the question, as you ask the question, so I I I assume that you you thought you are looking at the Barak, the king that um I had Balaam, the prophet, to to curse the children of Israel. Yes. So that is not the Barak. Yes. In Hebrews 11. <laughs> the Barak referred to in Hebrews 11 is the guy that took out the Canaanites. You know, um, I, I need to find the story exactly where it is. Is, is the is the Barak that took out the Canaanites and you know he did an amazing um, 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 he wrote an amazing victory. I mean, I can quickly check. Um, is it is it the Deborah story? Yes, it's, it's in Deborah story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So is it because I, I started to ask the question, I realized ah, there's another Barak. But initially, <laughs> I was thinking. When I read it, I'm like, ba ba what's bad? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and what you have, what you have just done, you see, it's 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 um it's big because that is how to um to have expositional Bible study. So the the questioning that is required is what you've just gone through, which is who is this guy? You know. And you know it should, it should it should force you to go deeper in scriptures, and you know they discover that oh, is this other guy, and this is why he was there, and, and all that. That's the purpose of Bible study, you know. So hey, <laughs> I mean, I mean, for me, I'm 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 happy, you know, at the learning opportunity. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm happy, to, you know, that you know, I I am able to come to you. To the right. you know, by the word of God and and learn, you know, because honestly, I struggled. I didn't even take that second phase of checking which barrack. I'm just like, what's he doing here? When I speak to Papi today, he will tell me why this barrack is here. It was when he started talking that I realized, oh, there's another barrack, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that would be somewhere in Judges, you know. So yeah, you know, well, so in Judges, yeah. And so so it's it's also beautiful to see how. You know, when people say, oh, that's Old Testament, that's Old Testament, you know, we don't get that even the scriptures is not completely, I mean, it's not, it's not been finished. The Acts of Apostles is still going on today. Yeah. Do, do you understand? 
Yes. If, 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 if we were to record by the grace of God all the miracles God has done in God's favorite house, and it's, it's like the guys in the act of apostles would be like, wow, this guy. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, so we see God looking at uh, someone in the book of Judges and saying in the book of Hebrews that this guy is a champion of faith. Yeah. The kind of faith that pleases God. I mean, we 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 we, we sometimes honestly feel we are better than those guys. Oh, you know, we kind of want to relegate them. You know, and look, it is a story, and the this the story is for His glory. Amen. It's to it is we are we are our actors, if you will, in it. But the story of humanity, everything is summed up in the person called Jesus. He is the author. The author means the, the, the script writer. Yes. <laughs> so even in our life, we need, to, we need to take a chill pill. We need to relax, you know. Things that, you know, you think everything's going to fall. Nothing's going to happen. Jesus is Lord and his glory will be revealed. So Amen. go have a cup of coffee and Papi has told all of us to have a cup of coffee. I'm going to ask Papi another question now, but okay. I have a question to the audience as well, because all of us must join together in this exposition. So to the audience, it's a very simple question. Where does faith come from? Please oh. just type it out into the, into the chat box. Where does faith come from? There's a scripture that tells you the answer back down. And that scripture makes thrive makes you understand why thrive and coming to church on sunday is extremely important because faith only comes from one place so i'm hoping that you answer please hosts please encourage everyone to answer that question as i as i ask papi this next question so this question is about faith and hope i know that they're different even though they're somewhat related but they're different you know so um please uh, share you know help us make it as Easy as you make every Sunday sermon. A, B, C. <laughs> what faith is, what hope is. Okay. And I also want to, if you allow me to add yes, what trust is. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, you see? <laughs> <laughs> so we have, we have uh, hope. We have faith. We have trust yes sir are we ready yes sir <laughs> bring out your notebooks <laughs> okay so fundamentally yes sir is the foundation of the human life hope is the foundation of the human life when a human being loses hope. You don't need to be a Christian to hope. When mm. a human being loses hope, it's, it's that's when people become depressed, that's when they become suicidal, that's when they, they think the whole world has come to an end when nothing is happening, you know, <laughs> everything is just fine, you know, and they think everybody, you know, everything's going to crash, it's not going to crash. It's just, you are just hopeless. And that is the beauty of Easter. 
Jesus came to take care of our hopelessness. The tomb is empty. So we have hope. We have hope. There is nothing in on earth, there's nothing in heaven that can separate us from that hope in Christ Jesus. So hope, that is hope. Now, faith, that's hope in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Faith builds on hope. You can't have faith. You can't be begin you can't begin to talk of having faith if you are hopeless. So faith, you um I've asked the question to the people out there, where does faith come from? You know, what I'm gonna say now is gonna answer the question. <laughs> so, okay, okay. So I, I've tried to maneuver, you know, but okay, so you know, no, Romans 10 20, Romans 10 17, I think, says faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So, so you have hope. I want a child. I'm trusting God for healing. I it's it's I want to be healed rather. It's hope. You go to the doctor, they say, Oh, this, if you do this, if you do that, they give you hope. The doctors can only give you hope for the situation. But you go into the word of God. You come to the tribe. You hear the word of God. You, you hear that by his stripes, you were healed. You, you hear that over and over and over. Boom. You believe it. Faith comes by Hearing, present continuous, and hearing by the word of God. So you have faith for the situation because of what he has said, because of what the word of God. So you have faith. And Hebrews that you read earlier, uh, Hebrews 11 says that faith is a substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of the things not seen. So so we see that when you have faith, how do I put it, how do I put it? (laughs) You know, your bank balance may still be rare, but once you come in contact with that faith, faith of greatness in God, of productivity, of creativity, of abundance, you know you cannot be poor. The bank balance is still red. But now you have a substance. Yes. It's, it's, it's real to you. Everybody can think you are crazy. They can say, if I, the, the, the ATM can spew out your card. If, I, if you put it too long, the ATM will seize the card. and say, oh God, I will seize this card from you. But the substance you have, you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that you're going to have a child. Yes, sir. You know that you know that you know that you know that you're going to build your house. You yes, know sir. that you know that you know that you know that you're going to get healed. 
That faith comes before, usually comes before the healing happens. Mm. That's why many times Jesus will say, beat until you are following your faith. You mm -hmm. already have it. Let it come to pass. The substance is there. You cannot stop it but from manifesting. Hope. Faith. Now, trust is sometimes the things that you hoped for, that you have a substance for, you don't see them sometimes in the timing that you think you should, in the period that you think you should. And that book, Hebrews 11, is not just a book of faith, it's a, it's a book of trust. Mm. And it talks about this man, they, they sought a city whose builder and foundations were God. Mm. They believed, even though they did not see the promise, even though they saw the city from a distance, they died believing because they trusted the person. The person that has spoken the word. Yes. So, so, so trust. Why faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God? Trust is in the person of God. So I am like, I go to a place where I said to God, this prayer request, if you don't answer it, we are bam. We are, we are okay. If I die believing you for this, you have not failed me. Hallelujah. That is trust. That's why you, you see, oh, was it David or was it, was it Paul? It was Job that said, I know whom I have believed. Yes. So many people, we have faith in a God we don't trust. We, we have faith in a God we don't trust. So our faith, our faith becomes ineffective because, because we are finite beings. Because we are finite beings, we are limited by, by time and space. And the God we believe, the God we are working with, it's boundless. Huh. So you will see that in Hebrews 11 that you read, it says that these people, they received a promise from God. And they did not see it before they died. <laughs> before they died. They received it as faith. Yes. They did not see it before they died. And they still counted God faithful as trust. Yes. Amazing. And, and, and that trust, and that trust can only come from the person you love. Mm. So if you don't love God, you just want to use God as a vending machine. You just want to use God as a uh, Kalo Kalo. You know what they call Kalo Kalo? Yes. You just want to use God as a Father Christmas, Tooth Fairy. You're going to run into a lot of problems. Because, because God will not be interested in, in working with such a person. Because really, you can't really work with God if you don't love God. And love is hinged on faith. That's why 
Paul will say in 1 Corinthians 13 that these three things abide hope, faith, and love. Yes. And the greatest of this is love. what? Love. 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 I think, I think we, should, we should hinge it there before. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say to everyone that <laughs> probably has taken us into God to do it again already. I just think that. I think that um, um, for everyone that is, and I'm, I'm saying, um, what I'm telling you is what I would do is to go back and read Hebrews 11 and see the story of faith and the story of trust and to bring that energy into next week. Because I think that this is what will... By the, boom. By, by the way, Ayobami, yes, you, you take time next week because there's a lot, there's a lot that... I could see that you, you wanted to unpack that you could not. So so we would, we would take an extra week on this chapter. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's tweaking our belly. <laughs> so, okay, so, okay uh, if it works out, I mean, I pray it does. So, uh, you know, so yeah, go on. I just, let, I just want to say that. Yeah. Okay, sir. You know, so because I think that that would be because if we it was it was very sad, you know, when I was doing the research and I was reading the verses and it was clear that some people that deserved they were deserving they were of the household of Israel. They were Jesus's kinsmen. The reason why they couldn't get what they in court deserved was just because they didn't have enough faith. Whereas people that were in court undeserving, they were they were not or they were not Jews, they were Gentiles, you know, some of them accessed this, you know, um, accessed the, what was God wanted to give his own children. And that for me is the reason, as I was reflecting about, about it, I, I reflect that when you hear testimonies from God will do it again service, and not only God will do it again service, regular church, you hear testimonies of people that, They've been inviting them for months or years or they didn't come. Then one day, they just decided to tune in. And when they just tuned in, in a very casual manner, somehow they come and they get, you know, a blessing. And some people that might have been engaging might not get this kind of blessing. It's just, it, it, it opens your mind. Of course, we don't beef them. We're grateful to God. We believe in the timing of God. We know that, you know, God does things in his own time and for different reasons. But just if, for me, as far as I'm concerned, let God handle timing. That's not within my control. Let me handle faith. That is within my control. So this teaching, I'm hoping that it inspires us to be able to do at least our part in the equation. It rests with us. It's an action that we take. You cannot have faith and it will not show. It's like smoke. It will show in how you give and what you give. It will show if you give at all and the order in which you give, because it is the God that you trust that you are trying to honor. If you do not trust him or if you don't know him, how then can you honor him? It's just a, a routine, but that's not what it is. It's worship. So yeah. I guess um, we have a question here. I hope more questions come. Um, how are we doing for time? And the question says, what does the Bible mean when it says in Hebrews, the very last verse, 40, so that they would not reach perfection without us? Let me read out the full thing because the person put it in ellipsis. 
says, but now God has invited us to live in something better than what they had, faith's fullness. This is so that they could be brought to finished perfection alongside of us. So my understanding, my interpretation of this, I'm going to take a stab at it and then I'll leave Papi to, you know, do the honors, is that um, God is calling us. Apollos was talking that even though these people did amazing things, they, they did all these things at our um, 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 Faith Hall of Fame, but that God is inviting us to, to something better than they had because we are coming after what they were hoping for has now come. All of us, the Hebrews and the rest of us, were coming to see the fullness of a faith and a trust they had. For us, it's still trust because we didn't see it. For the Hebrews, they saw it was tangible um, to, to them. So he's saying that, I believe that what God is saying here, that when it ends is that, plus demo, the Jephthahs of this world, the Abrahams of this world, all the people that we've mentioned in the Hall of Fame, and us, that we believe by faith, all of us will be perfected together. That is my understanding of, of what the scripture, you know, we will be brought to finish perfection alongside them. They will be brought into finish perfection along, alongside us. Read the question again. Okay. The question is, what does the Bible mean when it says in Hebrews 14.10, so that they would not reach perfection without us. Yeah, so that's it, what you said. I mean, so it's, it's just as like God has honored us, you know? Yes. You know, to, to tell them to wait until we are ready, you know, and everybody comes together. So that's it. Yes, sir. So I think, you know, yeah, I mean, we should feel cool because is God has invited us to live in something better than what they had, you know, and therefore we should be able to, under normal circumstances, we should be exp able to express faith even better than they did, you know, because we, we have a lot more examples of faith ahead of us. Honestly, under normal circumstances, we should be, and God will, God will help us. Amen. Amen. There any questions, please feel free to ask. Um, I'll ask you, Papi, as they prepare their offerings right now to, to just, if you had two or three or maybe one advice you want to give us as we go into this God Will Do It Again service season, one advice, maybe one. If you have more than one, that's fine. What would it be? Hmm. I'll, I'll say that um, what, I, what I, you will have heard me say at different times, which is Miracles happen outside of your comfort zone. Hallelujah. Miracle happen outside of your comfort zone. So just like you said, this teaching of faith, it's just God that orchestrates these things for us. You know, <clears throat> Coming at this time is so key. It's so key. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So the people that are coming from the back to take miracles as it were. <laughs> it's, it's, it's because they have come with the focus 
unfortunately, sometimes, you know, some of us, you know, get familiar, you know, and, you know, we're like, oh, isn't that Pastor Yemami? Oh, she's wearing a nice skirt suit. Oh, you know, I like her hair, you know, oh, you know, her earrings are lovely, you know, and all that stuff. You're not focusing on the other person. Doesn't do Pastor Yemami, doesn't care. If only I can touch the hem of your jacket. <laughs> we don't. Peter is saying, "Ah, I can't say that you left you. We all, we won't be here. Mm. I can't say someone touched you. We have been rubbing shoulders since." Jesus ignored him. Somebody touched me. Mm. There's a woman that no name had an objective. I am going to get what I am here for. So yeah, your comfort zone may be the zone of familiarity. You know, get out of it. You know, whatever your comfort zone is. That would be my advice. Thank you. Awesome. I'll, I'll hand over to Papi right now to receive the Father's blessing. Okay. Thank you, uh, Pastor Ebami. Well done. Amazing work. The reward of a good job is more work. So. <laughs> So we we'll see you next week um, <laughs> for part two of Hebrews 11. Um, the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. The Lord make his face shine upon you or and be gracious unto you. Amen. The Lord countenance upon you. Amen. And Amen. And so shall it be. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Amen. So God's favorite house, let's remember that this is our year of lifting. And we are lifted all the way. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.